on this episode of Every Family's Got One. Back in the day stories. Featuring author Mark Abbott. See, I was that kid. Awkward, braces, pretty much a nerd. And moth storyteller and grandma, Mary Shea. Oh my God, my mother yelled. He was probably feeling you up. Hi, I'm Barbara Harrell. And I'm Tony Minuto, and welcome to Every Family's Got One. When it comes to hearing true family stories, we've got you covered. That's right. Today's stories will take you back in time. The first story is about first love. Ooh, sounds horrifying. And the second story is about hanging out with your best friend. Fun! Our first story is from Mark Abbott, who happens to write horror stories. He's the co-author of Hell at the Way Station, which is a two-time African-American literary award-winning horror anthology. Ooh, creepy goodness. And ever so smart. And Mark's also a Moth Story Slam and Grand Slam winning storyteller. Mm Multi-talented. And now, get ready for his story. He's going to take us back to middle school. (laughs) Scary time indeed. Here's his story, Dad's Help. In 1984, I was 12 years old. And the only thing that mattered to me at that time was a girl named Cheryl. From the moment I saw her, the long hair, the glasses, and a smile that just made me happy... I knew two things. I had to talk to her, and I had no chance in hell of making that happen. See, I was that kid. Awkward, braces, pretty much a nerd. And my biggest threat with going with Cheryl was another boy in my class named Kevin. See, Kevin had that Billy D. Williams, Lando Calrissian thing going on for his age. And every time I saw him talking to her, I got nervous. He was always gaining points, and all Cheryl knew was that I was the guy to go to if you needed that extra pencil. I needed relationship help, and I needed it fast. So I thought I'd ask my dad, because after all, he did convince my mother to marry him. Dad, I like this girl, and I want to ask her to go with me, but I'm scared she'll say no because I'm ugly. And my father stared at me, making this face like he was trying to figure out one of my math problems. And then he softened and said... Mark, you're not ugly, but she's beautiful. You ever talk to her before? Say hello? Yeah. She say hello back? Yeah. Then there you go. But that's hello. This is different. Well, you could write her a letter and give it to her. Awesome. See, that's why my father was an expert. Four hours and three doctor papers later... I emerged from my room with my declaration of love, a hodgepodge of how she looked, how I felt, and ended it with, would you be my girl? And I gave it to my dad to read, and he did something unexpected. He started laughing. So funny. Nothing, son. (laughs) Give it a letter. But you're laughing at me. Why are you getting so worked up over this? Because I love her. Oh, come on, Mark. You don't. And he looked at me and he said, Mark, your letter is perfect. I'm sorry I laugh, but it's not because I don't take you seriously, okay? All right, Dad. I was really upset with him, but I just couldn't stay mad at my dad. And the very next day, I dropped the letter off on Cheryl's desk when no one was looking. Felt like I was trying to defuse a bomb because it scared the crap out of me. But I went and did it. And she saw it, and as soon as she began reading it, she started to glance around the room. She looked at me, smiled, and then kept looking. Then she put the letter away. 
Wait, what? Then I realized I had forgot to sign the damn thing. I went home and I told my father, and this time he didn't laugh. He howled. And I started laughing too. Son, looks like you're going to have to fess up and talk to and tell her how you feel. Well, that wasn't helpful advice. So I decided I would make her a mixtape of love songs. So I snuck into my dad's collection to get a blank tape, despite the strict rule of never touching dad's tapes. And I chose a few key songs, new editions, All Lost in Love, Michael Jackson's Lady in My Life, and Cindy Lauper's Time After Time. And the next day, I gave the tape to Cheryl. Um, I hope you like it. And she took it and smiled. And I went home pumping my fist because I had just conquered the world. Totally awesome. And then the next morning, Cheryl gave the tape back to me. What? You know, the songs after time after time didn't make any sense. And then she walked away. And I rushed home and forwarded to the end of the song. And after a slight break, there it was. The blaring horn section of the band Earth, Wind, and Fire. I had erased my dad's all-time favorite tape. He was going to kill me. So I buried it deep under the pile of tapes. Now, all out of brilliant ideas, I picked up the phone, I dialed Cheryl's number, and I confessed. I'm the one who wrote the letter. I had a feeling after listening to the tape, this was my moment, and I blurted it out. So, you want to go together? You're sweet, Mark. But I'm really not looking for a boyfriend right now. But if I change my mind, you'll be the first to know. And as we hung up, I didn't feel too upset. And two good things happened that day. One, Cheryl and I became friends. And two, among my buddies, guess who became the go-to guy for relationship advice? This guy. And one more thing. I finally discovered why my dad laughed at me. At a family barbecue, my dad and I were with my uncles when he told them about my love letter. And dad said, as I was reading it, I couldn't help but laugh because when I was Mark's age, I wrote le- letters too. Like father, like son. I didn't feel so bad after that. That is, until my dad grabbed his favorite Earth, Wind & Fire tape and Cindy Lauper started singing. Then I knew I was a dead man. Mark! Oh, I love a good mixtape. And I love mixed nuts. That was a seamless transition. (laughs) Thank you, Tony. You know, with a tasty sampler of Hickory Farm sweet and salty nuts, you're always ready for a surprise guest or visit from a family member. Ding dong, surprise! Well, hi, Uncle Tony. Thank goodness for my Hickory Farms nut box. You're welcome. Want to win your own Hickory Farms nut box? Just send an email to everyfamilysgotone at gmail.com. That's everyfamilysgotone at gmail.com. And remember to put nut box in the subject line. You'll automatically, you'll be automatically entered to win. We'll announce our winner at the end of season two. Good Good luck. luck. Next up is Mary Shea. Mary is a grandmother, writer, comedian, and storyteller. She's performed at Gotham and Broadway comedy clubs and with the storytelling show, Listen to Your Mother. Now let's return with Mary to those potluck days. 
My best friend Sue and I have been friends for over 60 years. She moved into my apartment building when I was six and we became friends in spite of our differences. She wore frilly dresses, I wore a Davy Crockett hat. She liked lobster, I liked tuna casserole. We were Lucy and Ethel, always getting into trouble, always laughing and crying together. Lucy, you have some explaining to do. And always running home to tell my mother something. Like the time we ran home from the neighborhood pool to tell my mother about the nice old man who was holding us up in the water, teaching us to swim. Oh my God, my mother yelled. He was probably feeling you up. Well, the time Sue and I ran as fast as we could to tell my mother. Peter Murphy invited us to his birthday party. Then Sue and I bolted down the hallway to my room to see what I could wear. My Sunday best was fitting tight around the waist, and Sue suggested I wear a girdle. Like Marilyn Monroe or your mother. We screamed with laughter until I heard my father walk through the front door. I held my breath. I never knew what condition my father would be in when I came home from school. Sue's father didn't drink, whereas mine never stopped. Another one of our differences. But Sue would never hold it against me or him. She knew it made me feel bad, so whenever he was drunk, she'd invite me to her house. As we hurried out the door that day, we were still laughing about the girdle and the possibility of me having an hourglass figure. On the night of the party, my father decided he would celebrate too by having one too many drinks and yelling about the neighbor's dog who was barking while my mother was trying to watch the Ed Sullivan show in peace. I was trying to get dressed as quickly as possible. I really didn't want Sue to come inside our apartment and have to listen to my father ranting and raving. However, the girdle that was supposed to be holding me in was now holding me up. All the squeezing into it and hooking the stockings to the garters was taken forever. Finally got it on, only to realize I forgot to put on my panties. Oh, boy. By this time, my father was yelling to hell with Ed Sullivan, and my mother was pleading, be quiet, when Sue rang the bell. Out of time, I grabbed my undies and put them on over the girdle. Then I ran out of the apartment, hooking my arm through Sue's, dragging her along with me. When we got to the street, we could hear my father singing at the top of his lungs, If I knew you were coming, I'd have baked a cake. In spite of my hasty exit and my father's yelling and singing, I liked the way I looked. I was determined to have a grand old time at Peter Murphy's party. As soon as we got there, Sue and I hit the dance floor. We did the Watusi, the mashed potato, then Chubby Checker came on, and my friend Eugene asked me to dance. Want to dance? As we were twisting the night away, I felt it. Something was sliding down my legs. Freezing mid-twist, I looked down and there it was. My underwear around my ankles. I thought, what do I do? What could I do? I quickly stepped out of them, picked them up and ran into the bathroom. Sue ran after me. I stood in the bathroom with Sue horrified holding my panties. Then Sue grabbed them out of my hand and shoved them into the Murphy's hamper. Alarmed, I said, what are you doing? Oh, their daughter's chubby and they'll think they're hers. We both started to laugh and soon I was laughing and crying at the same time. We stayed in the bathroom for a while until I got the courage to return to the party. 
Much to my surprise, no one said a word and everyone acted like nothing happened. We later found out that my dance partner, Eugene, had persuaded the kids not to tease me. But Sue still insisted it was a miracle. That's what I love about my best friend. No matter the crisis, from drunk dads to wardrobe malfunctions, I was always sure of Sue's friendship and her ability to make me laugh. After all these years, all I have to do is hear her voice, and it takes me back to the time when heaven was the sound of the ice cream truck, I had a dollar in my pocket, and Sue by my side. Today, our adventures continue. We're happy to announce we are both grandmas. And one thing's for sure, we never let our grandchildren go to the pool alone. Travel is perfect for these COVID times. That's right. Why didn't I think of that? Let's time travel. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, wait, wait. But first, if you have your own family story to tell, we'd love to hear it. Yep. And we'd like to thank Mark Abbott for sharing his story. Mark is also the host of a storytelling show called Man, You've Got to Hear This. Find out more about it and him on his website at whoismarklabbott.com. Mm-hmm. And many thanks to Mary Shea. Mary lives in the Bronx and is happiest when spending time with her grandchildren. And Aww. now for our credits. Every Family's Got One is produced by us. Barbara Harrell and Tony Menudo. Special thanks to Alex Clark for our theme music. To our talented audio engineer, Paul Weiss. To Wordsworth and Booth. Mike Stafford for legal and production assistance. And the lovely and talented Don Eagle. Catering by Hickory Farms, which is not an official sponsor, but we sure do love them. Subscribe to Every Family's Got One wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow Every Family's Got One on Facebook and Instagram. Or on our website at everyfamiliesgotone.com. Huh? That's it. That's See it. you soon. We're going to time travel Let's now. Let's time travel. <laughs> 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 <laughs>